morning, Lakeview Church. It's good to be with you today. Just want to welcome all of you here. Just add my welcome to what Kayla just said to you and just want to say how grateful we are that you're here uh, this, this morning. And I especially want to look right in that camera as I do every Sunday and just welcome those of you who are joining us online. We're so grateful that you're here with us. Whether you're watching this live in this moment or on demand sometime later, we're glad that you're here with us. And I know those of us here in the room want to welcome you this morning. So Lakeview, can we do that? I do want to get into the Word of God with you, but before I do, I want to just uh, talk about a couple of things that I'm really excited about that are coming up in the not-too-distant future. Christmas is right on the horizon. It is uh, staring us in the face, and we're excited about our Christmas conversation series, as Kayla said. And I wanted to just tell you a little bit more about that as you're thinking about who you can be uh, praying about and inviting to that series. We're actually going to transform this platform into a living room and people from our congregation are going to be joining me on the platform to sit in the living room and we're going to just have a living room conversation each Sunday during the series about a different theme related to Christmas. And it's going to be an exciting time. The conversations are completely unscripted. So you don't know what's going to get said. So you should be here and be a part of that. It's going to be a fun time. And uh, we're going to just uh, kind of dig into the Christmas season. And my hope and prayer for all of us is that as we do that, we will have a deeper and more profound experience of what Christmas is all about. Now, I believe every week is going to challenge each and every one of us, but the conversations are designed, even though they're not scripted, they're specifically designed to be really relatable and accessible, particularly to people who wouldn't normally find themselves in church. And so I'm just telling you that because I want to encourage you to think about people that may not accept an invitation to come to church any other time of the year, but during this season and with this series, they might be willing to accept that invitation. I want you to be thinking about your friends, your family, your neighbors, coworkers, classmates. Who is God leading you to invite? Extend that invitation and bring them to church. And let's see what God does during the month of December. That series will kick off on December the 3rd and will carry all the way through Christmas Eve Sunday, which interestingly enough is on Christmas Eve. December 24th. So uh, we want you to plan to be a part of that series. I also want to let you know about a new tradition that we are starting at Lakeview during the month of December. And it's going to happen every year on a different Sunday in December, but we'll tell you every year when that Sunday is. This year, it's going to be on December the 17th. We're starting a new tradition, which we're calling a legacy offering. And on that particular Sunday, we are going to pick a few lines in our budget which have nothing to do with our church right here. They're all about things that happen outside of our church, in our community, and around the world. And on that particular Sunday, every dollar given in the offering will not be kept here. It will be sent out. It will be given away. And so this year on December the 17th, we're going to take our very first legacy offering and every dollar given on that Sunday will go to three lines in our one fund budget that are outside of our church. 
So we have five local partners that we are engaged with, organizations in Grant County that do really good work. And every dollar that's given on that Sunday, a portion of that dollar will be given to those organizations to help their work move forward in our community. And we're gonna invest in those organizations as we turn into 2024 and see what God does through them. We also know that as we head into January and February of 2024, the oldest months of our year here in the great state of Indiana, that there are going to be more benevolence requests during those months than any other months during the year. We have benevolence requests all year long. People in our church from our community will reach out to us and say, hey, I know of someone who needs assistance. And we have an opportunity to come alongside people who need, a, actually have a real need that we can meet. And we meet that need. And we express to them the love of Christ as we get to do that. And so some of the money that you give on December 17th will go to our benevolence fund, which will give us the resources we need to carry us through January and February. And then the third thing that we're going to give to out of this offering on December 17th is... Uh, to the university that we are partnering with in the nation of Africa. God has given us a wonderful opportunity to be on the ground level of seeing the first Wesleyan University outside of North America established in the nation of Zambia. And it's gonna raise up educators and nurses and pastors to serve not only Zambia, but the whole continent of Africa. And we're excited to be a part of that as 2024 will be for them the year where they begin to build their physical campus so that they can begin to offer classes. And we're a part of that and so a portion of the offering given on December 17th will be a part of that. So I want to just encourage you. I'm just telling you this just so you can begin thinking, praying, planning. What would God have you give on that day? And every dollar that you give is going to go outside of our church because here at Lakeview, we believe we are called to live generously, not just as individuals, but as a church body. So I want to encourage you. Just ask God, God, what do you want me to give? And then give it on that day. Now, after December 17th, I've got another exciting day coming in December. December's going to be a great month around here. You're just not going to want to miss it. We've got the Christmas Conversation Series, the Legacy Offering. And then on December 31st, Bishop Juden Sachetema, the presiding bishop over the Wesleyan Church in Zambia, is going to be visiting here, and he'll be preaching in the morning service. Uh, bishop Juden is a dear friend of mine. He is a man of God, and he is a great preacher. This man can preach the word of God, and I'm so excited. He's coming for the Wesleyan Youth Convention called Follow, which is going to be held between Christmas and New Year's, and he called me this week and said, brother, I'm going to be in America, and can I come to your church on December 31st? And I didn't even have to pray about it. I just said, absolutely, you can come, but only if you preach. And so he is coming to preach the word of God on December 31st, and you're not going to want to miss this. It's going to be a great, great Sunday as we wrap up 2023 and head into 2024. And then as we get into 2024, the last thing I want to make sure you're aware of is 21 days of prayer. 21 days of prayer is one of the things that we do twice every year. We do it in January and August, and, and we set aside 21 days in each of those months to just seek the Lord together as a congregation. We have a daily prayer service. Every morning, uh, Monday to Friday, we meet right here in the sanctuary at 6 a.m. 
Yes, it's at 6 a.m. That's when we pray, and it's a great time together. And then on Saturday mornings, we let you sleep in just a little bit, and we gather at 9 a.m. for a service of prayer, and then obviously on Sunday mornings at 10.30. But that's going to begin on January the 8th, so begin resting up now so that you're ready to get up extra early in January and be a part of 21 Days of Prayer. It's a way that we can seek the Lord. Now, I promise there is a message, but I just want to take 30 more seconds and share some good news. Can I do that? It doesn't matter how you answer. I'm going to give you the good news. So, so last Sunday, uh, at the end of the service, we had someone raise their hand and pray a prayer and accept Jesus as their Savior. And we should celebrate that. And then... Recently, I shared with you how one of the young men in our church, uh, he's actually a high school student, has had an opportunity to lead two of his friends to the Lord personally, not in services like this, but, but just in conversations. And his friends have said, can you help me step across the line of faith? And he's been happy to do that. And we celebrate with those two young men who have come to faith, right? So I'm celebrating the fact that just over the last few weeks, we've had three individuals who have given their hearts to Christ. But then this week, I was talking to April Raver, who is our kids director, and she said, do you know what's happening in our kids ministry? And I said, I think so, but can you tell me? Is there something I should be aware of? And she said, well, over the last three weeks, we've had 12 kids step across the line of faith in our kids ministry. That means just in the last few weeks, 15 people have made a decision that will change the rest of their life. God is at work among us. And I know that you've done a really good job of applauding at each one of those, but I want to just challenge you a little bit, okay? Because I'm going to give you 30 seconds, and I just want you to actually give God the praise that he is worthy of because he is working. So let's do that right now. Lord, right now, we just praise your name. You are so worthy. You are so worthy. You are good and you are God. You reign today and you are at work in our lives, in our homes, in our families, in our church, in our community. You are saving souls. You are changing lives and you are using us to make a difference for your kingdom and your cause. And God, today we do want to give you all the glory and all the praise. And now, God, as we turn our attention to your word, would you speak to our hearts? Plant the seed of your word deep inside of us and let your word change us, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone who agreed said, amen, amen. If you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to turn with me to Psalm 23. I know this is a familiar passage of scripture to most, if not all of us, but I want to dig into this passage of scripture again this morning and see if there might be something new that God would speak to us from a passage of scripture which is familiar, 
But that's the beauty of God's word. Even when we read something that we've read dozens or hundreds or even thousands of times, God can speak a fresh word to our hearts. And that's what I'm praying for this morning. Psalm 23, this is what it says. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When you read Psalm 23, there are two images that the psalmist is using to describe something that is true about God and how he interacts with our lives. And the first image is one that you all know because it's the image that comes to mind when you think of Psalm 23. It's the image of God as shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, verse one says. I have all that I need. And when you think about what shepherds do with sheep, they lead them, they guide them, they direct them. Sometimes the shepherd is out in front of the sheep, blazing a trail, showing them the path to walk on. The shepherd says, follow me, and he leads them into pastures and places where they can find water to drink and food to eat and places to lie down and rest. There are other times when the shepherd walks alongside of the sheep and he uses that staff to to give them a whack to get them back in line. They're starting to go astray because sheep aren't the smartest animals in the world. Sometimes they wander off and do things they're not supposed to do. You ever wonder why God calls us sheep? Maybe that's why. But the shepherd uses his staff to sometimes rescue the sheep. He pulls them back in line. Sometimes he uses his staff to correct them and keep them walking on the path. And and then there are times when the shepherd actually leads from behind. You ever been in a place in your life where you couldn't see God? Maybe it's because he's behind you doing what good shepherds do. And you say, well, why would a shepherd be behind a sheep? Well, sometimes a shepherd would have to lead his sheep through a narrow pass, and he wouldn't be able to keep his eyes on the sheep at the back, so he would place himself back there so that no predator could come along and snatch a sheep from the back of the flock. Shepherd sometimes positions himself in just the right place to protect the sheep from the things that want to kill them. And the psalmist, as he's reflecting on who God is, he talks about the fact that God is just like a shepherd. He leads us, he guides us, he directs us, he shows us the path to walk on, and he makes sure to bring us right into the places where we can find still waters where we can drink and good grass that we can eat, and and he shows us good pastures where we can lie down and find rest. 
And then there are times when the shepherd corrects us. He makes sure that we don't go astray because he wants us to stay on the right path so that our lives can bring honor to his name. And then there are times when he protects us and, and his rod and his staff can bring comfort to us because we know that he's fending off the enemies that want to come against us. God is a good shepherd. And I think when you understand this imagery, it can bring comfort to our heart. It can bring encouragement to our heart. But there are some of you in this room today who need to hear this message because you need to open your heart to the shepherd leadership of our God. Some of you are here today and you don't have a relationship with God. You're, you're doing it on your own. You're walking through life and you're picking your own path and you're trying to find the places that will nourish you. You're looking for rest and peace. You're trying to find contentment and fulfillment, but you're just following your own way, your own agenda, your own path, your own plan. And what you need today more than anything else is you need a good shepherd who will lead you into the very best things that he has planned for your life. Some of you need to open your life today to the good shepherd and just say, lead me, guide me, direct me, because what you're looking for can only be found in him. If you're looking for peace, if you're looking for rest, if you're looking for contentment and fulfillment, if you're looking for strength and for renewal, if you're looking for protection and, and for guidance, I'm telling you the only place that you will find it is in God. And some of you need to open your life to the good shepherd today. But there are others of you here, you've opened your life to him, you're in relationship with God, but you're still not letting God lead you. I was thinking about this uh, this week and I was thinking about the fact that some of us have, have stepped into a relationship with God and we're kind of in an orbit with God, but we've, we've severed the communication link. We're, we're around God, we're near God, we know God, we actually want to walk with God, but we're not really letting God speak into our lives. And so it's like we've got a relationship with God, but then we say to God, thanks God, I'll take it from here. And so we have a relationship with God, but we're not benefiting from his leadership in our lives. And some of you are stressed out and you're anxious and you're worried and you're afraid and you have doubts and, and you're discouraged and defeated. And I'm just saying to you, if you're walking with God and you're feeling all of those things, you need to open your life afresh and anew to the leadership of God as your shepherd. Because none of that stuff comes from the Lord. If you're afraid, that's not from God. If you're worried and anxious, that's not from God. If you're discouraged and defeated and torn down, that's not from God. God is not a God who wants to tear you down. 
He is only a God who wants to build you up. He is only a God that wants to speak into your life and take you into open pastures that are safe and secure and nourishing so that you can find rest and renewal, so that you can be strengthened and built up. He wants to protect you and guide you and lead you so that you enter into the very best things that God has for you. And as I was preparing this week, I just kept thinking about those of you who are in this body of people, and maybe today is your first time with us, but you're now a part of this family. We welcome you here. You may have been here for several weeks, several months, maybe even several years, and you might find yourself today needing in a fresh way the leadership of God. And I'm telling you right now, you need to just open your heart to him. Because when you try to live your life apart from the shepherd leadership of God, it always ends with anxiety and stress and fear and worry and discouragement and depression and doubt, all of those things. Do you know how I know that? Because Jesus in Matthew chapter nine was walking through a crowd of people and they were people who didn't have his leadership in their lives. And when Jesus saw the crowds, Matthew 9 says that he recognized that they were all harassed and helpless. Those words literally mean stressed out and anxious, without hope. Jesus saw those people and he said they're harassed and they're helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, you might be a person today who's like a sheep without a shepherd, and you might be worried that when God looks at you, he's annoyed by you or bothered by you, or maybe even anger would come from him towards your life, but nothing could be further from the truth. When Jesus saw the crowds of people and said, they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd, do you know what his predominant emotion and feeling was for those people? It wasn't annoyance. It wasn't anger. He wasn't bothered. No, the Bible says he was moved with compassion. When God sees a group of people who are like sheep without a shepherd, His number one feeling is love and compassion and mercy. Some of you need a shepherd today. And I just want you to know God is that shepherd. And when he looks at your life, he just loves you. That's what he feels for you. Every moment, every day. It's a heart of love for you and he wants nothing more than for you to open your life to his shepherd leadership so that he can guide you into the very best things that he has for your life. God is a shepherd. But God is also a host. I don't know that I've really thought much about this image of God in Psalm 23 because I get so wrapped up in God being a shepherd. But if you read verse five, what you discover is that God isn't just a shepherd leading his people, he's a host. He actually prepares a feast for his people. One translation says, you prepare a table before me. 
And, and this is an image that the psalmist is writing as he writes this piece of Hebrew poetry to just help us understand something that's true about God, that when God looks at our lives and he sees us in the midst of all the struggle and the hardship and the, the difficulty and the opposition, the chaos, the conflict, all the bad stuff that goes on around us in this world, when we find ourselves in the dark valley, when we find ourselves with enemies staring us in the face, what does God do for us? God prepares a table. And he says, just sit down here. I know all that stuff's going on. We'll just let it go on. But sit down here because I want to I honor you by anointing you with oil. I want to pour out blessings in your life that will just overflow. And I want to create a space for you right in the middle of all the opposition, all the conflict, all the chaos. I want to just create a space for you where you can be at home in my presence. This is a beautiful picture of God. When God comes to us and says, I know there's a lot of junk going on around you, but I'm gonna create a little space here so that you can be at home in my presence and we're gonna be together at this table and I'm gonna anoint you and bless you and be with you. Are the enemies gonna go away? Maybe. They might still stay right there, but right in their presence, God will create a space and he'll comfort you right right in that difficult place. Now, uh, I don't know if you have ever been in a situation where you've been hosted really well. But if you have, you know it just feels good. Right? You go into a place and like they thought about you before you got there. And they've made everything the way you want it so that when you get there, you feel like you're at home even when you're not at home. Like when you know that they've given forethought and that they were thinking about you specifically and they wanted to meet you where you were in what could be an uncomfortable situation and they just make it easy and comfortable for you to be there. If you've ever been hosted in a really good way, you know what I'm talking about. I think the first time that I ever saw the difference between a good host and a bad host is when I was a little kid and spent time at my two grandparents' houses. Now, you're going to have to forgive me because it's going to sound like I'm being mean to my one grandmother. I promise I'm not. I, I I deeply loved her. She's, she's with Jesus now. I deeply loved her. She deeply loved me. She loved the Lord. She was a good grandmother. But I'm still going to pick on her this morning. So you'll have to forgive me. When I went to her house, we always went to the front door and we rang the doorbell. She lived just a few houses down from me and so Occasionally, I would go to her house for various reasons, and and I would always go to the front door. I would ring the doorbell, and it was one of those kind of stately doorbells that would chime as if it was like a big cathedral in Europe chiming these bells, and, and, and it would play for like a minute, it seemed like, and then at the end of that, the butler would open the door. No, I'm just kidding. She didn't have a butler, but... But I would wait for the door to be opened and for me to be invited in. 
When I came into that house, I would often take my shoes off and put them neatly on the mat where they belonged, and then I would walk quietly down the hallway to the one room in my grandmother's house where I was allowed to be as a child. All of the other rooms were off limits because the things in there were too priceless or, or too nice or, or, or too clean or whatever the case was. I just couldn't go in those rooms. I had to stay in this one room, and there was one chair that I could sit in. And I would sit in that chair quietly, calmly, often reading my book or finishing my homework for school or, or just sitting there looking at the wall. <laughs> Every once in a while, I might muster enough courage to ask my grandmother if I could have a snack. And she would sometimes say yes and sometimes say no. And when she said yes, I would follow her calmly and quietly into the kitchen where I would sit at the table there in the kitchen and wait for the snack to be prepared for me. And then it would be placed in front of me. I would eat the snack calmly and quietly. And then I would walk out of the kitchen back down to the room that I could go into and find my spot in that chair. Basically, my grandparents' house on that side of my family, and again, I just want to reiterate, she loved the Lord, she loved me, I loved her, but her house was basically a place where adults could go to just be adults, and kids could go to catch up on being bored. <laughs> she was not a good host. Contrast that with my other grandparents who also lived in the same town and we spent a lot of time at their house as well. And when we would drive into their driveway, I was opening the car door before the car ever stopped. I wasn't running to the front door to ring the doorbell. I was running to the back door and I wasn't even waiting for anyone to open the door for me. I was throwing that door open, running into that house, looking for my grandfather, looking for my grandmother, hugging them, telling them how much I love them. And then I would go anywhere I wanted to go in any room, because there were some rooms that had toys. There were other rooms that had cool things to, to look at, play with. There were other spaces where my grandfather collected all of these really cool things. And I would go in there and sometimes look at those things and sometimes even take them off of their shelf and play with them. And, and, and if I wanted a snack, I didn't have to ask. I knew where the cabinet was, and it was full of the snacks that I loved. I could go to that cabinet, throw open the door, and pick anything that I wanted. And if I was so busy playing that I forgot to have a snack, guess what my grandmother did? She made sure I had a snack. And I didn't have to go to the table to have it. I could have it anywhere I wanted because she just wanted me to have this snack that she had prepared for me that was exactly the snack I wanted. I loved being at their house. It was always a place of joy for me. Do you know why? because she made her home feel just like mine. She created a space for me where when I entered into it, I was just at home in a place that wasn't my home. She was a good host. God is a good host. And day by day, Week by week, month by month, year by year, we live in a world that is not our home. We are just passing through. 
And sometimes in this world, it's difficult and it's challenging and it's hard and enemies oppose us and things seem to be stacked against us and it's chaotic and it's full of conflict and all of those things are true. And God is not going to just snap his fingers and make all of those things go away so that your life will be easy and perfect. That's not, that's not how it works. Jesus knew that. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. It's just part of it. But right in the middle of this place that is not our home, that's full of all kinds of things that aren't the way God intends for them ultimately to be, right in the middle of that environment, God creates a space. And you don't have to ring the doorbell and wait for him to answer the door you can throw open the back door and run in right into his presence and you'll find everything that you need in that space because God prepares a table for us even in the presence of our enemies and right in that space he anoints us with oil and he takes our cup and he fills it to overflowing and he pours out everything that we could ever need in our lives right in the middle of this world where we live. And some of you need God to be a host for you today. Because you're tired and you're weary and you're worn out. Life feels hard and it feels like it's getting harder. I remember when I was a kid, my pastor, he didn't use very good English, but he would say, if you think things are worse now, just hang on, they're gonna get worser. We feel that, don't we? Don't you have this feeling of like, what is happening in our world right now? And maybe this week, even as you're getting your table ready for Thanksgiving, maybe it's just a good reminder that God is ready to prepare a table for you. And you can just come right into his presence and be with him. And let him love you and bless you and honor you and care for you right in the middle of this world that wants to tear you apart. God is a shepherd and God is a host. And when you put those two things together, what you discover is that God loves you so much that he's committed to provide all that you need. I mean, if you'll let God be your shepherd, he'll give you rest. He'll nourish your soul. He'll protect you. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. He'll watch over you. And if you let him in the middle of this world, he'll prepare a table and invite you into his presence right in the middle of all the chaos and the conflict. That's who God is. He loves you so much. He will provide all that you need. And just like we've been doing all throughout this series, We've been confronting these truths which seem too good to be true, right? For some of you to think that God loves you, that feels like a bridge too far for some of you. Because when you think about God, your predominant thought of God is he's an uninterested ruler, 
right? He just, he kind of set up the way the world works and set in all these boundaries and all these rules and laws and things to guide us and direct us and keep us on the path, but he's just distant and far away and he doesn't really care about the details of your life and your circumstance and your situation. Some of you might even have a view of God that goes even further to the negative. You might think of God as just this, this God who is like an angry judge. Like God, a God who gets his kicks from, from setting rules. And then when you step out of the boundary, God's like, I got you now. And then he's after you to pour out judgment and wrath and punishment on your life. Some of you carry that kind of perspective of God. So when I say God loves you and he's going to give you all that you need, he's going to lead you into the very best things that he has designed for your life. In your mind, you're thinking there's no way because God is just an uninterested ruler or an angry judge. But here's what I want you to know today, because if you're carrying either one of those images in your mind of God, I, I really feel like this message is for you. I hope the rest of you get something from it. But this message is for those of you who are tempted to think of God as an uninterested ruler or an angry judge. Because here's what happens. We get a wrong uh, mindset about God. We think wrongly about him. And then what that does is that inhibits or diminishes our experience of God and what God has for us. And this is the way the enemy keeps us from experiencing all that God has for us. He gets us to have a wrong perception about God. And then that wrong perception about God changes the way we feel about God, which, which limits the way we will open ourselves to experience God. And what ends up happening is that our lives are held back from everything that God has for us. And some of you, if you think of God as an uninterested ruler or an angry judge, as kindly as I can today, I just want to tell you, you're thinking about God wrong. That's not who God is. God's different from the way that you think about him. And I think this piece of Hebrew poetry in Psalm 23 is specifically designed to give us a right view of God. God is not an uninterested ruler. He's a shepherd leader. He wants to get involved in your life and the details of your day and the situations that you're facing and the people you deal with and the circumstances that are coming against you. God wants to come into your life and he wants to guide you step by step and moment by moment and situation by situation to lead you into green pastures and by still waters where you can find rest and renewal and strength, where you can be protected and cared for and loved and have everything that you need. God's not an uninterested ruler. He's a shepherd leader. And God's not an angry judge. He's a host. He's not annoyed by you or bothered by you or angry at you. He loves you. And he just wants to prepare a table and let, invite you to sit down in his presence where you'll be honored and blessed and cared for and loved in that place where you will find the fullness of joy, joy like you've never experienced before. 
You see, the, the, the core truth, the bottom line of Psalm 23 is what we find in the very last verse. In the very last verse, the psalmist says, surely your goodness and your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. This is the point of Psalm 23. To help us see God as shepherd and host so that we will understand something about God. That God is a God of love. And he has commissioned his love and his goodness to hunt you down. And that's exactly the words that the psalmist uses. This isn't a casual sending of his love towards you in the hopes that maybe, just maybe, somehow it might find you. No, this is an image more like, like God's love and goodness as a heat-seeking missile. I've always been fascinated by heat-seeking missiles. I, you know, watched Top Gun like 153 times when I was growing up as a kid. And I just thought it'd be cool to be a fighter pilot and fly those really fast jets and shoot things. I thought that'd be cool as a kid. I played that a lot while I was at my grandmother's house, the good host grandmother. <laughs> I always loved those missiles because the pilot would lock in on the target. And then, and then push the button and the missile would be fired. And even if the target moved, the missile moved. And the, the target could go down, the missile would go down. The target could go up and the missile would go up. There was no escaping that missile when it had been locked on to its target. Some of you feel like God is locking on his anger and his wrath and his punishment. I'm telling you, you got it all wrong. God doesn't have missiles like that. He only has missiles of love and goodness. And he just scans through this earth and he finds his people and he locks on and he pushes the button. And his love and his goodness is gonna chase you down. You might turn to the left his love and goodness, it's going to follow you. You might try to go down, it's going to follow you. You might try to run faster and further away, but God's love and God's goodness, it's running after you because God's image for your life is he wants you to experience all of the good things that he's provided for you. And he is not going to give up until he finds you and leads you right into those places and to those tables where he can guide your life, bless your life, and pour out every good thing he has for you. God is a God of love and his goodness and his love is chasing after you. So this morning, I want to invite you, if you will, to just bow your heads for a moment, close your eyes. I want to give you a chance to respond. This is the truth of God for our lives today. God is a shepherd and God is a host. Today, some of you, you need to open your life to the leadership 
of our shepherd God. Maybe some of you for the very first time need to open your life and say, you know, I wanna, I've never made a decision to walk with God. I've never made a decision to accept his sacrifice, his offering, his salvation. I've never made a decision to follow Jesus. And maybe today, opening your life to his shepherd leadership looks like just saying yes to his invitation. Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone would open that door, I will come in and we'll have fellowship together. We'll begin to have that relationship. In fact, he says that we'll eat together. God loves tables. And some of you need to accept his invitation for the very first time and come to his table. And so if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus' offer of salvation. You've never accepted God's love in your life. You've never made a decision to follow him. But today, you want to open your life to the shepherd leadership of God. All I want to ask you to do, and I'm, just, I'm making a commitment to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to acknowledge that you're making a commitment, and I want to lead you in a time of prayer. So if you're here today and you want to accept Jesus for the very first time, you want to accept God's offer of salvation, open your life to God's leadership. All I want you to do is raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand if you want to accept his leadership and raise it up high because I want to just be able to pray for you. Is there anyone today? What's more likely is that there's a lot of people in this room today who already know who God is, but you're you're in relationship with God, but you're trying to lead your own life. You're not letting God lead you where he wants to take you. And if that's you today and you just say, you know what? I want to surrender my life to be led by God. I'm already in relationship with him. It's not about that. It's just about letting God be the leader. And if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. How many of you today would say, I need to let God lead my life? Their hands going up all over the place. Just raise your hand up because I want to pray for you. Yeah. God, for these people today who are raising their hand right now, I just want to pray that you would, in a special way, draw close to them. In a special way, begin to speak into their lives. God, maybe there's decisions. Maybe there's paths that they're trying to pick from. Maybe, God, there's things in their life that don't honor you. Maybe they, maybe they need correction. Maybe they need rest. Maybe they need renewal. Maybe, maybe they're facing stress and anxiety because they're trying to do it all on their own. God, would you today, whatever they need, would you just draw close to them in this very moment and speak your words of life and lead them and guide them and direct them? Put your hands down. There's one more group of people that I want to pray for this morning. Some of you are in the middle of hardship and difficulty. You're facing mountains that seem pretty steep to climb. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a, a reputation that you carry that seems to go before you and it, it doesn't 
It doesn't present you well to others. And you're trying to figure out, how do I get out from under that? And maybe there are people who are opposing you. Maybe there's, there's things coming against you in life, trying to tear you down and destroy you. Maybe you're just discouraged by the things going on in this world. And today you just need God to host you at a table. If you're here this morning and you just say, God, I need to find that table this morning where I can sit in your presence and be comforted, be honored, be blessed by your goodness and your love. Would you just raise your hand? Because I want to pray for you. Your hands all across this room. I pray, God, right where everyone is sitting right now, that you would just spread a table in front. Pull that chair out for them and let them find their place right in your presence. And as they sit down at that table, I pray that you would fill their hearts with peace, joy, contentment, fulfillment, meaning, purpose, every good and perfect gift that you've intended for them. Pour out your blessings on them right now. Make yourself known. God, do that work for them, I pray. God, this morning, we thank you for your word. It is alive and it is active. It speaks to us. It ministers to us. And we just give you thanks and praise. And God, we thank you for the way you feel about us. You've locked in love and goodness. We can't get away from it. Everywhere we go, it's going to be chasing us down. And we just praise you and thank you for that reality. Lord, we love you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name.